What's up, man? Can you hear me? Uh, shit, what's up, my nigga? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, man. Just want to go on a lovely holiday. I'm stuck in England at the moment. How's Mexico? It's great, actually. I love it down here. I'm in the uh, Yucatan Peninsula here in Merida. Uh, and yeah, I love it, actually. One problem, though. Mexicans. <laughs> well, I love the Mexican people, but uh, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of them down here. I have, I'd have to say, if that if that was an issue. <laughs> yeah. One oxymoron, honestly. Good show, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been pretty nice. It's been pretty nice. Not a lot of sun here. Not a lot of sun in the UK. Uh, I don't no. think. I, I bought a tanning bed just so I can look tanned, so I, people know I travel. <laughs> I, anywhere I go. And the hot countries I do go to, you can't go sunbathing. Well, yeah, I was about to ask you, they, they have a lot of sun in Afghanistan, too. Yeah, man. But it's like, like the Midwest, like during winter time, it gets so cold as well. Oh, in Afghanistan? Yeah, dude. It, yeah. I wish it was like I wish it was like uh, the other countries, but when it gets cold, it gets super cold. So it's kind of a mix of everything. Well, I was talking about earlier. I was in Las Vegas for New Year's one time, and it was so cold. Uh, the desert cold, that, that hits a little differently. Uh, you're not really expecting it either, and it, it really gets cold. But uh, Afghanistan, so what? first off, I know everybody asks you this, but uh, what, first, introduce yourself. Everybody already knows who you are anyway, but introduce yourself, and then tell us um, what your year's been like, I guess, in 2023. My, my name's Lord Miles, and... I'm gonna let you know. Runamucker sent five dollars kind of on Rumble. Tarted. A little Hail bit Lord Miles right? 07. And I'm the last great British adventurer, which is definitely saying something. I was at the Fall of Kabul as the last ever tourist, accidentally hanging out with the Taliban and SAS special forces. I've been to South Sudan, the whole of uh, pretty much South America, East Africa. Being the Snake Island, the front lines of Ukraine on the first day. Uh, I was embedded with Ukrainian special forces just to film a little bit and goof off just because I faked the media pass. That was quite fun. Um, I've goofed off quite a bit, jumped a few EU borders. And recently, I just spent eight months in Taliban custody and actually made friends with them. And I'm going back in two weeks because the top commanders and the ministers, like the top ministers of the government, have invited me back because they like me. And so I had a lovely holiday. Now, you've been on the show several times before, and you'd been to Afghanistan before, uh, and done a lot of tr uh, travels, I guess, and uh, particularly during the fall of Kabul, like you said, uh, and it got worldwide media attention, and we talked to you about it a couple times, uh, and then the la I think we talked to you right before you went to Afghanistan, if I the last time, if I recall correctly. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yes, yeah, so I've been five times at the moment, which is a totally normal thing to do. Um, and I've only been questioned of the airport once, like about one and a half years ago. So it's kind of weird. Uh, I don't know. If, um, but I've been five times and next time it's going to be my sixth and hopefully not my last. Now. Okay. So you went over there. I, I thought at one point I th that you were dead. I think a lot of people, uh, thought that cause we didn't hear anything about you for so long. It's in Afghanistan and I knew you got along fairly well. Uh, with them and you talked about it on the show but it just got to be so long and so people start thinking myself included you know there was some kind of mishap over there he must be dead and they're trying to there was like this twitter account that was coming out and saying you were alive but it, it seemed a little sketch like nobody knew whether to trust it or not it was some afghan uh, afghanistan account uh taliban intel or something like that and it was like mm, department yes yes uh yes 
say, uh, between you and me, is just some dude in London. It's <laughs> 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 like the point Afghan, it's like a white dude in London who's laughing. <laughs> I got a question in Afghanistan prison. So they uh, they took me into custody and when they were questioning me, they were like, Mars, do you run this account? Let us know. They caused a lot of problems for us. I messed him afterwards, like, you, you asshole, you created so many problems for me, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, because it wasn't adding up, and then people were like, oh, this account's not legit, and then it's like, well, is he actually dead, or is this the Taliban fucking around? Like, what's going on? Uh, so I actually got suspended on Twitter because I'd put out a tweet, like, they need to let you go, and I didn't word it the right way. Uh, and they, they banned me for a week on Twitter, uh, and so a lot of people thought you were you were gone, and then even when you came back, and I knew you were alive at that point, because uh, we had, had an interaction, uh, there were still people who refused to believe it. I put it out on Twitter. I was like, hey, this guy's alive. You know, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, you know, I saw it confirmed, this or that. And they just would not accept that uh, until the very last moment when obviously you're alive now. But uh, what was it like with everybody thinking you were dead? Oh, man, I've never been more alive, really. I guess I really outdid myself right here. It was the best adventure I've had so far. And I'm really doubling down. You know, when I was in Taliban custody, about six months in, uh, the Taliban and I went on one of their phones and we searched my name up. And we had to look at all the posts saying Lord Miles is dead. His head has been stapled on for photos and stuff. And the Taliban and I were just giggling to each other like, they think I'm not being treated good. <laughs> I'm like, I'm Lord Miles. I'm delusionally optimistic. And I've got plot armor, if that makes sense. You know, God, through his infinite wisdom, gave me this guardian angel who's working all overtime. And somehow, I'm somehow doing more than fine. Like, if anyone doubts that I'm alive or not doing well, they don't know me, if that makes sense. You just, you doubted me because you care too much, because you're a good yeah, guy. Yeah, because I was worried about you. You're one of my favorite guests. You're so nice. I consider you a friend, even. We talked a little bit, <laughs> and we've had, a, you know, several conversations on the show, too, and I really liked you a lot. I don't always like everybody, you know? <laughs> And so I'm like, oh, man, this, of course, this guy that I likes is so cool, fucking got killed in Afghanistan. And then he, I guess I'm projecting on myself, too, like, oh, of course, of course, this guy I like got killed. And, you know, you start seeing it. I didn't want to believe it for the longest. It was several months before I finally believed it. Uh, and then, you know, thank God uh, that you did make it through. Um, but, yeah, that had to be just a surreal experience. Yeah, to be fair, it's like, it was hard at first, but then... I remember a quote I got told about by a shaman monk I met in Tibet. You know, this is a very old wisdom. And the translation doesn't really work completely. Um, I had to study a lot of theology to understand this saying. But basically, what he told me was, Miles, you got to live, love, laugh. So I was like, wow, so true. And then I've been... Yeah, that's my that's my wisdom right there honestly at this point when i was in taliban custody i was like damn i'm trying to open a gold mine in afghanistan which is still happening by the way guys um and i'm i'm doing all this business and i want to make a youtube video that's gonna be insane with the taliban i'm gonna see this as like an opportunity to pitch to them almost like a job interview so they would walk into my my room it was a normal guest house they would walk into my room and before interrogations i would go oh welcome to my office guys come on in come on in take a seat come on i'll be waiting for you let's let's talk let's sit down do you want some tea so i was pretending it's like my place and they thought it was hilarious and until we actually rolled with it <laughs> now okay let's roll it back just a little bit what happened in the first place that got you to I guess you would say detained is kind of how I put it earlier. It happens to the best of us, doesn't it? You know, so um, 
I'm, I'm basically driving from this town, this village, uh, the city called Jalalabad. I call Jalalabad, you know, and ah. I drive to Kabul where I need to pay rent on my house. I have a house in Kabul, as you do. You know, you got to diversify with the um, uh, housing market nowadays. And then oh. I decided, oh, damn it, I don't have any money on me. I need to go to Western Union. I'm going to send my thousand dollars now sending a thousand dollars in a country where you earn two thousand dollars a year is a bit suspicious so it kind of raises a red flag it's half a year salary so then you know they alert the gdi which is like their version of mi6 or C- the cia so the uh, the taliban detained me to go okay miles we see and see what you're gonna do with this money you know we need to make sure everything's in check and then they they get notification thinking oh He's been here five times. How come? Do is he a spy? Why, why does he keep coming back? It's too convenient. You know, it's too, it's too good to be true. And at the same time, too, Russian intelligence uh, told them, "Hey, Mars keeps going to keep the front lines of Ukraine and Afghanistan. There's only one clear explanation. Mars is an international weapons dealer. We've seen the Lord of War, so it must be the same thing." <laughs> american-made weapons from afghanistan to uh to um ukraine and I, obviously i wasn't arrested with 500 uh m16s at the back of my car so that's fine uh, but he just wanted to detain me just to question me you know normal stuff take you in see what's sure. going on yeah you know check you out um now but it ended up being eight months now i saw you say something on twitter and i or x whatever they call it now and i, I don't know if you want to get into it but you said something about your friends said that you were might be a spy or something like that i don't know if that happened or if you want to get into that i'm not trying to be touchy i just remember that tweet or whatever yeah exactly oh you you know i'm not i'm not a spy <laughs> yeah i'm not Mars. I'm like Lord Mars, you know, to work in intelligence, you must have some intelligence and trust me, I'm really lacking. So um, my friends, my, my friend who came with me, I had two friends. One of them is called um, James and the other one, let's say is unnamed for now. So James uh, is doing a PhD. He's really autistic, smart, but he's got no social skills. I think he's a tad retarded in the bad sense, not the fun sense like I am. So <laughs> when he got- Yeah, well, there's fun retarded and then there's just retarded. Uh, yeah, yeah, anyway, go ahead. You know the types, man. Yeah, sure. So, so basically, when he got detained, they they brought him into a room, and it was a nice room. It had a sofa. They gave him some tea. They sat him down. You know, normal questioning, normal discussion. They're like, oh, you know, where's your meat miles? How long have you known him for? You know, normal questions. See if we're consistent with that stories. And then he, and then they go, oh, anything else you want to tell us about Miles? And he goes, uh, yeah. And he goes, what? And he goes, oh, Miles might be a spy. So they're like, what? <laughs> I'm I'm just there sitting in the other room, like wow, James, my close friend, I've known for four years. He's got my back, dude. He's not gonna say anything stupid or wrong. Now that's the thing too. I'm not a spy. If I was a spy, I could be sitting there for eight months, enjoying the free paycheck coming in, um, just you know, being happy like that. But I was there, like, oh damn it. Now the first two weeks after my friends left, because they got let go, there were no problems. But for me, they thought I was a spy. So for two weeks, a little bit of questioning, a lot of, you know, we think you're a spy, Miles, we know you're a spy, just admit it, come yeah. clean. We, you know, all, all, every angle they can come from. I was like, nah, not a spy, mate. And eventually they realized just James was a bit retarded and I didn't fit any profile. Because it's like, okay, we look at his timeline, there's no point where he could have been a soldier. And every passport stamp shows he's been out of the country since he's been like 20 years old. And then it makes, it doesn't make sense. And it's like, you know, it, it's like, well, we don't think Miles is a spy, but the only thing is 
he, Miles has uh, not got a permit to go to this one mountain for the gold mine. So oh, he doesn't have a permit. Six months minimum uh, sentence we can give him. No problem. And then it took two months for British and Afghan government to figure out paperwork to deport me. Having the best of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the British government was clearly preying on my downfall, man. They were like, oh, man, this guy better get discouraged from travelling. So when I met them in Dubai, when I met the British Foreign Office to receive me, they were like, we're glad you're safe. Are you okay? Are you fine? Do you need medical attention? You're safe now. And I was like, yeah, I'll look at cheeseburger if I'm going back in two weeks anyway. Um, but yeah, I had my laptop. I was watching movies of the Taliban. I was watching Barbie. I was watching Titan. <laughs> you know, I kind of made deals with the top ministers. I've been offered citizenship. Uh, you know, I can do business there. Um, have, haven't like all your agents like failed to do anything and one autistic guy just kind of turns up and has just you know, made friends with them. Like, uh, you know, what, what, what are you guys up to? Why am I, what's my tax money going towards? You know what I mean? So I, I think I just flexed on them a little bit and they're kind of pissed off at me. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about the UK government uh, and what you thought of their response. It doesn't sound like you thought very highly of it. Yeah, man, it wasn't the best. When they first called me, it was like one month in and they were, we were allowed to do a call. It was like a general welfare check. And they were like, hey, Miles, do you, have, do you have water? I was like, yeah, I've got water, hot or cold. I've got some tea. I've got Pepsi. I've got Dr. Pepper. Um, I've got um, orange juice. I've got apple juice, you know, just normal stuff. And they're like, okay, Miles, do you have anything for entertainment? Do you have a book? I was like, yeah, i got my laptop. I've got about like 120 movies they've given me. got some music. Uh, got a few books. got a Bible. They're like, all right. And then they go, you know, um, they asked me, like, do you know who you're speaking to? I'm like, uh, do you mean like the Taliban? They're like, uh, yeah, we just got this phone number, but we don't know who it is. And I'm there like, my dude, you do not know who you're talking to. You are the British government. <laughs> You've got like no contact with the Taliban whatsoever. And they're like, uh, no. And I was like, this is like one of the heads of foreign intelligence or something. And they're like, well, really? What, what, what's his name? And I was like, uh, wh why should I? Why should I tell you this? Like, sort it out yourself. Why do I pay my taxes for? I don't pay my taxes, by the way. But you know, what I mean? <laughs> so, like, I did pay taxes. Why would I be paying my taxes for? Ridiculous. Um, and they said some stupid stuff. Like, they would always say at the beginning of every phone call, "We're doing everything we can." And I'm there, like, absolutely not, man. Absolutely not. You could, I, I, they could airstrike my location, and that would be that would be within my. Um, purview i would be happy with that man if they said you know if they said miles we look on your position do you want us to release uh, a hellfire missile i'll be like hell yeah but they weren't doing everything they could because they're uh they're just you know sitting around circle jerking with my tax money uh just like every other government is turns out i had like six dedicated staff members uh towards my towards my case and i just don't know what they were doing like six times um like i i I got out and they thought I was in Jalalabad for some reason. Like it, they had no idea about anything going on. But when I got back to Dubai with all my uh, all the staff and everything, they were chill. They were buying me all these stuff. They were buying me cheeseburgers. They got me hotels. They got me, uh, you know, um, free drinks and stuff. And they were like, they were chill. It was nice actually. It was nice to do that. But uh, the response inside sucked because there's no embassy. Right. Night there it was nice to, uh, when you got out uh, there in Dubai, but yeah, I, I don't know. It just seemed, and there were periodic reports in the media uh, about it too. Uh, and you're just like, what is the British government doing? Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, 
So apparently my friend I was tweeting on my behalf saying, hey, Miles is okay. We had a call with him a few days ago. We know he's okay. Apparently the British government messaged them saying like, hey, stop giving updates. It's a sensitive situation. And my friend was like, fuck you guys. You know, it's been like eight months, dude. What, what do you mean? Um, so that, that was just happening. So the British government's like, you can't tweet. It's not allowed. It's sensitive. It's ridiculous. It's, oh, they try to say it's like a national concert, uh, security thing or something like that. And, uh, yeah. All right, now let me let me read this out because a uh, super chat. Okay, so Giga Ninja sent in a couple. He said, Ralph nearly got his Twitter account banned saying we should glass the Taliban for killing you. Yeah, I might have said something like that. I was pretty drunk one night and I had a, a tough day and your name had come up and I was like, fucking, the fucking Taliban killed this guy and I wrote this wild tweet. Yeah, they, they almost kicked me off Twitter for that, actually. Uh, you can't yeah. say things like that. <laughs> uh, Elon Musk is actually uh, a member of the Taliban, so he took a yeah, he took a personal offense to that. Like, if it was about Hamas, yeah. it'd be all good. But uh, the Taliban's like favored nation status there on Twitter. I, I shouldn't have said that, but uh, turned out not to be true either. So my apologies to the Taliban, actually, because it seems like they took pretty good care of you. I don't know why the Israeli government tried to shut down your Twitter over saying that. <laughs> I need to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, what what do you say? Like, do you think like it was sounds like it wasn't that bad of a stay? Was it was there like some rough periods? Look, or? I was the best treated prisoner in Taliban history because I took the money out of the Western Union just before getting arrested. I had about a thousand pounds on my body. So I went, I was sitting in this normal house, like this six bedrooms, a very nice furnished house. And I would go to the Taliban and give them like a dollar. I'll be like, yeah, get me some chips, like give me some crisps, you know? And a packet of chips over there, like a nice packet is about five cents. So we had like 20 packets. We were partying with all the other detainees. Some of them were actually just straight up CIA people, which was pretty funny. Uh, like they were actual real spies. And there was a few people who just, smuggled across borders and stuff and some people were just dodgy in general um i would i would just chill with them i would meet i would chill with the taliban too so i lived with eight taliban members they were my tally bros honestly they were quite nice um you know we, we made jokes together i taught them english we did working out together uh we watched movies together it was like you know a live love love situation i was like hey i don't want to get Stockholm syndrome but these people aren't the ones imprisoning me you know i can't just if i just you know remain resentful for ages it's not going to solve anything i might as well make the best out of this situation so i was like just chilling with them and just trying to understand how they work and they were trying to understand how i work and we came to some like basic uh, understandings it was quite nice actually we're in a group chat now um so i was watching movies with them i would get breakfast in bed i actually got to a point where i was sending myself some more money and i was going to furnish the entire house to the standards of like a western style hotel and buy gym equipment like treadmills and yeah. like you know benches and everything but then i got let go and i was like darn it it was good for story but um about to upgrade there uh what was their commentary like on american film <laughs> i'm wondering how the yeah. taliban might see some of these films so the first time we watched films of them um a lot of the men would just see a woman on screen and they would go ah they would start moaning you know and just start trying to skip forward through the former woman scenes eventually they were like actually no it's chill to see a woman on the screen we kind of get it and they saw titanic man they love titanic at first they just didn't get it because there was no guns so like yeah i don't care 
and then they'll be watching it like four or five times with different tally members who would come to the house and they would like rave about it go like oh this is a great movie it's about love this is really good it's really romantic so we had like past two subtitles or like dubs or subs yeah. you know for and they really liked Rambo 3. They loved the eight action movies, man. They saw Rambo 3. They saw the Taliban members and they saw his face at the screen. They were like, that's us? I was like, hell yeah, brother. You know, it's like, it was good stuff. And we would also watch um, Die Hard. That was great. They kind of liked it. Like, um, what else too? I had Barbie. The new Barbie movie that came out, that was good. Um, I didn't like it too much because obviously Ken carried it. Ryan Gosling is so us, of course. But uh, they, they, they kind of liked it. They liked La La Land, too. That's wild, dude. <laughs> I still haven't seen Barbie. Uh, I know that was the thing during the summer, but I, I, I might have to see it one day. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Where is it? Say what? Pirate. I've, I've got, like, a whole hard drive of pirated movies at this point, just, just in case I go back to prison. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll Yes, man. Just carry around it like one of those little uh, pocket uh, terabyte or two drives, yeah, with just a t- shit ton of movies oh, on it. In yeah. This case. You no, know, my my laptop, I've, I've installed a four terabyte M.2. So I pirated like the entire collection of human media. And so hopefully that should get me through a few things. Um, honestly, though, it was a chill holiday. I was sitting back and I got to one point where I was, I put together a slideshow for the Taliban and presented it with the commanders about my plan for the gold buying and they were like actually Mars, we can't like this this is your, you're our guy and they were like yeah come back anytime afterwards we're gonna give you this letter and you know what the letter said ralph what it said Mars is an honorary member of a mujahideen <laughs> yeah he cannot be stopped he cannot be searched at military checkpoints he uh he i think it was something like uh, he cannot be arrested without calling this head of intelligence type of uh, commander. And anyone checking the, anyone holding Miles from his mission, mission beyond the validity of this, uh, beyond checking the validity of this document, would be imprisoned themselves. So it's basically I get to conduct my business without any BS um, in Afghanistan in the future. So I've got basically a, a goof off pass. So it sounds like it worked out well then, honestly, uh, other than the time. But it sounds like, I mean, now you have carte blanche as long as you're not, you know, hurting anybody, or, you know, defending them or whatever. But I don't think you would yeah. do that anyway. So, yeah, it's, and you get to do everything you want. Yeah, I'll make a few YouTube videos, which they want me to do, which I'm fine with. They're like, yeah, if you want to show a real Afghanistan, man. They read my book. Uh, they, they read my social media posts. And they were like, oh, crap, half of us actually follow you. We forgot about that. Um, and he's like, actually, you're kind of chill, Miles. And like, you're right. You're that guy. You're like the bridge between the two, uh, between Europe and uh, uh, Afghanistan. I'm like, yeah, I could be if you guys want. That's chill. And I told him about the gold mine. And they were like, yeah, if you want to start a business here, we're really open to foreign investments. Uh, anyone who wants to come to Afghanistan with peaceful intentions, yeah, no problem. Uh, you, if anyone shows they're capable of the same type of stuff, they can also get that pass too, which I think that's quite nice. Um, it's just good in general, man. There's a lot of money to be made in Afghanistan, and I see a lot of potential there. And to be fair, if I get the gold mine, I mean, I'm 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 good on the numbers, but basically I'll put it as I've turned down a seven hundred thousand dollar investment because it's way too little for the numbers that we could get. And at the same time, if I 
make it work i will never have to work again so i can just put all the money that i will make into traveling to more crazy countries and just fund everything through that yeah um man i now you mentioned um they're open to other foreign investment i and i was thinking i mean it's a kind of a win for them you're like a social ambassador for afghanistan really like um you know, and making people think they could go. A lot of people are scared to go to Afghanistan or some, even Pakistan. You know, I had a relationship with a Pakistani British woman back in the day, uh, way back in the day. Uh, and I went to London, which was close to Pakistan, actually. But I I wouldn't go to Pakistan itself, I don't think. Um, and Afghanistan's, you know, known to even be a little wilder. But, uh, you know... It seems like they're kind of nice people, honestly. Yeah, man, they're chill, honestly. At the end of the day, Ralph, man, it's like if you get a bunch of guys together, give them a bunch of guns, they just go goof off a little bit. They're going to be funny and whimsical, sometimes even a little silly. But it's just bros being bros at the end of the day. They fought a war, they won, epic, epic win. And then now they're just like, okay, we're going to run the country, but we're going to have fun doing it. And anyone who's a guest is allowed in. Anyone who comes to business, yeah, that's chill. If you try and cause problems, yeah, you got problems yourself. But if you just, you know, a fun, whimsical guy like Miles here, like myself, you can come there, hang out with the Taliban, no problem. Like, they're open to foreigners. It's no problem. It's just, um, honestly, they were just chill at the end of the day. Everyone hears the word Taliban and goes, oh, Taliban, oh, dear. Oh, it, but it's just guys, honestly, at the end of the day. It's just, it's just people. People could be reasoned with, talked to, um, you know, they could be befriended like any group in the world. Yeah, oh, and I, right. you put it the right way too. Yeah, the Taliban, people hear that word and they're like, oh my God, Taliban, they must be, you know, just psychotic, right? Like, you can't talk to the Taliban. Like, but that's the Western media uh, yeah. that's created that caricature because they were demonizing them. Yeah, man, it's all, it's so true, honestly. I mean, they've never been considered a terrorist organization, they're considered freedom fighters. Um, so they're not, they've never been classified as the bad guys, basically. It's like Hamas and or the uh, Russian, um, sort of Russian organizations are considered terrorist networks, like the Wagner Group. But the Taliban just seen as like, ah, they're all right, to be fair. They didn't do 9-11. It wasn't Afghanistan's fault. The whole thing was Bin Laden just hiding in some caves and they jumped back to Pakistan. It's just a bizarre um timeline where everything just got screwed up and everyone just jumped into it too quickly and you know it wasted the american dollars taxpayer which you know i can imagine you guys work very hard for so you know it's just it's just all the media manipulating people uh so the people at the top can make more money it sucks uh, i just hope you know the everyday pe person in america and in afghanistan just isn't affected too much by it in the near future now what's your interactions with the media how how has that went since you've since you've gotten back yeah man so i i some people as soon as i got back and i tried to organize some exclusive deals so i was like oh, i'm gonna get like ten thousand i'm happy with like ten to fifteen thousand dollars for a first story i had one woman offer me 15 off the bat and she goes you know i'll wait for you at the airport just tell me which airport and i'll be there and i met her and then she says ah geez miles uh the, my my company has got back to me and this is a major like news company by the way and she goes the best we could do miles i have to we have to change it a little bit so i'm like okay there's a little there's a little wiggle room i'm fine what what's your new offer and she goes a thousand dollars and i was like I, I just told her to fuck off and i just kept on walking 
and she was and she was like wait there's a camera crew um behind the corner they went to grab some coffee um do you want to take some photos i'm like yeah 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 absolutely give me fifteen thousand dollars like ridiculous so i went to some crypto people and they'd be paying me why well i've been looked after very well and at the end of the day it's just like the traditional media i want to screw with man so you know what i did before i landed with the other wow. media people so i've got some media people i really do not like like they just lie about me straight up they never contacted me to get a story straight or get any information they don't it's okay if you dislike me that's cool Honestly, you can write articles saying, hey, I don't think Miles is a good person. That's chill. You can have your opinions. But they just straight up lie. So I have this hate list of journalists with all their contacts. So I kind of send out a mass message to all of them saying, hey, guys, uh, I really like your work. Your work's the best. You're the best journalist. And you're right about me. So I want to I want to publicly apologize. So, um, you know, come and meet me at Birmingham Airport. And if anyone knows me, I would never go to Birmingham. It's Detroit of England. So Birmingham sucks, guys. So it's like an inside joke I've got on my social media. So if a journalist knew me, they, they know I wouldn't say that. They know it's a troll. So I say, come to Birmingham Airport. And when I'm debriefed, you guys can get like a full interview with me. Like I'll do it for free because I'm that kind. I'm that much of a kind guy. So I had about eight journalists turn up at this airport that I'm not landing at. I was landing at London, not Birmingham. Uh, so it's like telling someone to land at uh, meet you in New York, but you're actually landing in LA. <laughs> and then and then they keep messaging me saying, "Hey Miles, when are you coming out?" So I was like, "Hey, sorry guys, government's debriefing me. It's going to be a few hours, but I've got some great pictures for you guys. You guys are going to love this." Wait a little bit longer, and it becomes like several hours later, and there's only a few left. And eventually, they all leave because they don't realize they realize they're being messed with. You know, I'm not coming out of the airport. I just want to waste their time because they wasted my time. And then one of them sends me a cash app uh, requesting like, I think it was like 200 or $300 for their time. Like they wrote me a really pissy message. And then I I declined it. And then I said, uh, let me send you some more. And then I requested back a few hundred dollars extra from them. And then they almost, I think they almost clicked accept, but it was actually, they realized I was trying to get money from them instead of receive, uh, send them money. So they got really pissed. <laughs> And then they wrote me uh, like a huge uh, message, just game, showing me they're really pissed off. They're gonna sue me, and I, I just told them to kill themselves, and they just never responded, which is kind of based no no loss. And the other times too, I've had journalists message me, um, and I've convinced a few of them that I was an Israeli dual citizen, and that's why I got arrested, just to piss them off. And they, they wrote about it in major articles. Like, they didn't ask for proof or anything. Like, I would expect at least a scan of a passport, you know, just to show its truth. So you can just apparently take people at that word and make an article crazily. And then they, when they realize I'm not Jewish, they wrote, they sent me a really angry voicemail that managed to sound like they were dating the head of the ADL. They were just so pissy about it. And then... I mean, they've blocked me on all social media, which is even funnier. So I'm kind of just having fun. My whole philosophy, as soon as I live, love, laugh, is harass, bully, um, demonize, scrutinize, pick apart, manipulate, uh, desensitize, 
um just every bad just just meta journalists basically just uh just journalists for journalists you know that sounds a lot better than live laugh love i have to say yeah dehumanize cr- destroy <laughs> i knew you would have i knew you would have some stories about dealing with the media because i've heard some of them before uh also now let's see there was something else i was gonna ask but i'll get back to it giga ninja he asked about the movies i actually brought that up naturally but what about books uh, any books you read oh. over there or any taliban favorites I read 120 books, and the funny thing is, I cannot remember hardly any of them. I'll, I'll get some up. I've got my old laptop. Like yeah, I did that too when I had to do a little detainment, you know. I guess you could say myself. And I read a lot of books, and then you're like trying to remember all the ones you read, and you're like, okay, I got a list somewhere. Yeah, I literally have yeah. a list written down somewhere. I'm just typing my password. It's live, love, laugh, 2023. No joke. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get up my books, but a lot of the, of the ones I read, so I read the entire, I decided to start with the, uh, with the classics. I read, um, you know, the whole Harry Potter series, never read that before, Hunger Games series. I just thought, you know, the stuff that all white women talk about, so I can pretend I care when they speak to me about it. Um, so if I go on, me- yeah, so I just read that type of stuff, and then all of it's called media, and then let's go on. Gosh darn it, where are books? Books, 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 books. Oh, here we are. So, yeah, I read all of the work of Al- uh, Camus, uh, C.S. Lewis. I did some CFA revision. Um, I read World War Z, 1984, Animal Farm, The Road, uh, The Zona, and uh, the Hugh Haldry uh, War series. Uh, the whole Ender's Game series, which is like eight books at this point, which was amazing. Uh, I read some finance books, just for fun and giggles. Um, some gold mine books, some Harry Harry uh, Turtle Turtle Love. So in the balance, tilt for balance, I'm saying the balance, a strike for balance. I love those. Uh, some historical adventure books. So I I autistically downloaded some um, some travelers, um, some adventurers from the late 1800s or early 1900s who did Arctic expeditions. So two against the ice was amazing. Uh, I read all the Lawrence Arabia's work. So seven pe- pillars. Of- Treasure Islands, um, some third, ha- third, um, third, ha- uh, some third person accounts of his work too, and also I read a lot of Homecoming, so that was good stuff. Hunger Games trilogy, I read loads of mass revision books. I don't know why. I actually read the American Psycho book, and I loved it so much. I, I know it sounds like very, very fedish, uh, fed, fed pilled of me because just you know it's very stereotypical to say oh i love american psycho but the book was amazing i love i love the pacing of it and it is based with let's be honest there so i bought the original copy of the american psycho book like the original prints and i've got it signs so that's now an alternative investment of mine um i read the dsm5 just so i can analyze there's one prisoner this american dude who had um you know, he was he was just insane. Basically, he was just crazy. So I was picking him apart. I read Uncle uh, Ted K's book uh, mm. and Mask of Sanity. Uh, so that was great. I had some romance books too. So I love I love Paper Towns. That was quite lovely. Some others I'm missing out as well because I can't say what I read. Uh, Ready Player One, Two, The Martian, Wasp. That's a favorite of mine. Wasp. It's a great book from the fifties. And Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I read that and- too. When I was- yeah, solid man. And then um, the whole of Stephen King, Stephen King books, which I think is overrated. I think I actually think they're trash. Um, <laughs> yeah, just that type of stuff, man. That's but, a pretty um, good list. 
That's a pretty yeah, good list. Yeah, of course the Bible included. Um, it was chill, man. Honestly, um, I went to I went to a normal school in England, so I was surprised I could still read and write. And I was like, wow, I can do this. Wow. Yeah, and I was looking up. We've been talking about this place in England called Dudley, uh, and I looked it up. It's actually a suburb of Birmingham, so. Uh, I guess it's all starting to make sense now because uh, it's been coming up on the show recently as like a real shithole, Dudley. And it's right outside <laughs> Birmingham, so. It makes sense. It's it's all the social influence of Birmingham. Now, did you know Birmingham is one of the most diverse cities in England? I now, didn't know that, actually. Did you know, because it's the most diverse city in England, so it must be really up and coming, you know, it must be a really... It must be a really utopian place. I'm sure, um, I'm sure diversity is really helping uh, its status, you know. When I watch Peaky Blinders... That's I what I was cr- going to say. I was just about to mention Peaky Blinders because it takes place in Birmingham, yeah. And I look at it and I think, wow, that was Birmingham in like the late 1800s, early 1900s. It's ridiculous because I just don't see any Indian people. It just makes me very sad, to be fair. Um, and I think I can't enjoy this show because there's no diversity. Do you know what I mean? It makes me cry a lot. Totally unrealistic. Just... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, how did people enjoy food without um, brown people slop back in the day? You know what I mean? Um, it's like, how how can we not get Indian food unless if we import 20 million Indians into the country? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's not like you can just learn how to cook it and make it on your own. Or... <laughs> Japanese, do you know what I mean? Like, they just send people around the world just to I cook, you know, the chefs go to India for like two years, they master a few dishes and they come back and teach some other people and they're like, oh, okay, this is how we do it. And they're like, oh yeah, we become masters of that. No, I can't. You got to bring the actual Indians over and their family so they feel at home and, you know, let them do what they want, kind of let them have their own communities yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah and it's great. It becomes a weird mix and then low trust society, social collapse. And then suddenly you, you import the third world, you become the third world. Ugh. North just said in chat, he's in the UK too. Birmingham Council just went bankrupt, he said. I don't know. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. so, uh, Did that Birmingham... actually happen? Yeah, so it, it was this huge... So we have things called councils in the UK. And basically it's just they manage like social funds, I believe. And um, basically, if you have social housing, which is, you know, housing for people on benefits, welfare, uh, stuff like that. So Birmingham Council just was like, wow, we have no money. And we have like, you know, what, five million immigrants in our city that have no jobs. And we've got loads of homeless crackheads running around. And there's, there's not enough money on earth that can solve this. And we just keep spending and spending and spending. Oh, dear, we're screwed. So I'm finally glad that Birmingham is close to over. But I only think, uh, you know, ten megaton nuke can end it. <laughs> yeah, it was either the megaton nuke or ten megaton nuke or bankruptcy. I, yeah, I think that's better. Break it up. I don't want to be that guy, but I do think if I was put in charge of a British government with a with full executive dictatorship power, I could solve England within two weeks. I can fix it. You know, like, I can fix mass immigration if you gave me a dinghy. A machine gun, like a full PK, like a PKM for each hand, or like a minigun for each ha- each arm, and then just like a limited fuel and a few a few snaps each day. 
like a, like a sandwich or some chicken nuggets from McDonald's. Like airdrop it in or some shit. Uh. Exactly. You don't even have to pay me to do it. I'll do it for free. <laughs> I can I, I can end immigration to England, even legal immigration. It would, yeah. I mean, I would think a couple of days with you out there would probably uh, dissuade some people from from exactly. trying trying some things there. Uh, now, oh, go ahead. So that, sorry, cut you off. That's cool. How come you moved to Mexico, by the way? What happened, dude? Uh, Not cool. Yeah, I was just tired of living in the United States, honestly. Um, and I, I looked into moving to Europe. It's kind of hard to move to Europe. I've been to Europe a lot. Uh, and I looked into Wait. Portugal and a couple other places and it was doable, but I don't know. It was a lot of, it was a lot of trouble. And then also, I, I, you know, I live in Europe, right? It's pretty far from the United States. And so the more I looked into it, it was, uh, really easy to move to Mexico and I got my temporary residency. I just got it renewed for three years. Um, and it's a lot cheaper to live in Mexico. I live in Merida, which is in the Yucatan, which is like the best part of Mexico. Uh, Good man. In terms of stability and just being nice and not really much crime around here, there are some places in Mexico that are a little have some things going on. Um, but uh, this place has things going on in a good way, so yeah, I've really enjoyed it. So, uh, kind of just an idea I had uh, to move to Mexico, and I drove my truck down here through Mexico, um, yeah. all the way through the country, uh, down here to the Yucatan. I was in Belize uh, like a week ago too, so I crossed over into Belize when I had to get my paperwork rented. So that was kind of fun too. That sounds good, man. I mean, it's better than England. Uh, anyone that knows what England's like, it's just cold, a bit depressing. Architecture's a bit crap. We have higher taxes, free healthcare, but the healthcare's crap, just like Canadian healthcare. You know, the, uh, the Americans shouldn't like. Um, Fall for the free healthcare scam. It's not free, of course. It just increases your taxes equally. Um, yeah, man, Mexico actually sounds quite nice. I mean, mine is for Mexicans, but if you set up your own little enclave full of just foreigners just to chill together and goof off, that's a real plan. I mean, you could do that, um, for especially if it was a few people, you know, throwing in like, you know, if you so my rent in America was like $1,500. For and the place was okay, but like it's fifteen hundred dollars a month, and it still wasn't even like the absolute best or anything. It was just like you know decent, right? Upstairs, downstairs, but it wasn't you know fifteen hundred dollars in in Merida or for sure like two or three thousand. Like you'd be living in like a palatial type, <laughs> a palatial type setup, right? Uh, and then everything's cheaper, so all the services are cheaper in Mexico too. So. Um, you know, food, everything. Gas is about even. Like, it's not really cheaper, but pretty much everything else is. And then, like, people clean your house or, like, cheap, too, if you want, and stuff like that. So, oh, that's, that's good. I've got a cleaner here. It's quite cheap as well, but yeah. really giving a hard time, unfortunately. I just, you know, I become lazy when you realize you have a cleaner, right? Yeah, I know. I actually don't hire them. I just clean on my own because I'm cheap. Um, but it is really cheap. Uh, and I was thinking about actually starting, if you want to know the truth, uh, because they're. it's like, man, why am I even doing this? It's taking too much time. Um, if um, yeah, if the, uh, if the gold mine doesn't work out, I'll clean for you, my dude. Just <laughs> an hour, I'll, I'll bat for you. I'm, I'm, 
I'm Ralph's top guy, my dude. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I'm like you, though. I'm worried that if I get if I'd start that, uh, it might be no turning back in terms of just I'll have to stick with it forever. But um, let me ask you this. Okay, so first off, what are you planning? Somebody said the Panama shooter. Yeah, I could ask you about that too if you want. But um, what are you planning next? How do you top being detained in Afghanistan for eight months and presumed dead? Yeah. Oh, I'm just getting started, man. So when I got back to England. I met with some investors. So I've met with people that are worth a hundred million dollars. No joke, which is such a meme to me. Um, Cause I used to be homeless at one point and living in Birmingham. So it's, I've come a long way. <laughs> and um, we spoke about the gold mine and I'm doing some more meetings and we've got some things in the work. So if we do get the more gold mine working, it's a huge thing that will happen. Oh, I, I can't tell you some details I've got to admit, but just imagine a very grand, ambitious plan that might work. If not, it sucks, but it was worth a shot either way, but it's looking promising, very promising. The next thing as well, I'm probably about down to Afghanistan two weeks. Now, the thing is, Taliban merch for me makes a ton of money. So I buy up this Taliban merch, I put it in my backpack and I fly out with it. And you can only take out so much because of luggage, you know, limitations on a plane. And you can't it from like ups or something because it's, it's not allowed you're not allowed to ship it out you're allowed to drive it out and fly it out yourself for some reason it's a weird law so i thought to myself ah oh, geez it's the only logical thing i have to do now i need to drive from afghanistan to england so this one good when i'm gonna pop back down to afghanistan you make can actually do that because the channel can't you i didn't even think about that yeah it's, i might even take a ferry like i don't mind either way yeah, you can but do that i'm too. I'm going to put. I'm going to buy the crappiest car I can in in um in England. Uh, sorry, in Afghanistan. And then you don't need a driver license in Afghanistan, or you don't need a you don't need a driver license, and you don't need insurance, basically, which is kind of cool. So I'm going to buy a car and then just drive. Um, so there's a few routes I might do, either through Iran, Iraq, and then to Turkey. That's a bit boring for me because after Turkey is just Europe, easy. Or what I might do is. Drive through to from Afghanistan to Pakistan, then take and uh, not a ferry, but I'll just I'll just walk up to a random merchant who owns a boat and say and say take me to Oman and then drive through Yemen, Ye Yemen to Saudi, then Saudi uh, all the way near Syria, then Syria maybe uh, then to Turkey, or I might go through Russia up north. So I've got a few tricks, but either way, I want to go to Armenia and Azerbaijan along the way, uh, just as like a fun pit stop um because i want to open an offshore bank account there because i can do that because i'm goofy like that i love paying my taxes and then um i also want i've got a contact there where i get to go shooting with the azerbaijan and armenian army so i get to just rise in a tank and goof off so that'll be really fun and then i can sell that taliban merch of course and that's gonna be a documentary in and of itself so we're gonna have a camera guy hopefully with us but after that as well now uh boulder bankrupt the sex tourist has unfortunately beat me to it because he's obviously stalking my Twitter for ideas. I'm kidding. He's all right. Um, <laughs> I think he, I think he's gone to the Darien Gap, which was my idea, but I was in Taliban prison, so I couldn't execute it. Yeah, you it. talked about that on this show. Yeah, I remember you talking about it. Yeah, that pissed me off. Oh, so basically, the reason you can't drive from Alaska to Argentina is because of his one 80-mile-wide gap in the road between you know south and north america between colombia and panama it's called the darien gap it's very mountainous it's very jungly there are people in there called the fark and the fark 
are a uh, kind of a drug smuggling group. So we've got guns, they're a whole militia. Uh, so a lot of immigrants pass through this area to go to North America. And there's like 5,000 who pass every single week. And about 15% don't make it out because they get killed either by the FARC or they just die because they fall down the mountain, they die of dehydration or disease or something. It's a very tough journey, three or four days in the jungle. It's incredibly humid. If you don't have the right supply, you just die. Get bitten by a snake, you die. Uh, you know, it's, it's deadly in some areas too. So I'm going to go with a few guys. Um, I know Pablo Escobar's brother, he's chill. I'm going to buy a gun off him for protection, like a little sidearm. Just pop down all the way to Panama, then crap, it means I've let illegally uh, um, exited Colombia. So I'm going to quickly go back the opposite way, back to Colombia, and then I can fly out and go, hee hee, didn't cause any problems. And also, too, I've got a guy who might be able to tell, take me to Hitler's house in Argentina, where, you, where he was supposedly used to live. So, you know, I want to go to Argentina as well. Uh, just like my great German grandfather, I can goof off there a little bit. Make a few videos. That's kind of my next two months. Um, and then after that, it's just, it just gets even crazier. Well, I, I, you, I know you mentioned, uh, was it North Sentinel Island or South Sentinel? I can't remember. Uh... Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's going to be a fun trip. Now, wait, say it again. So I, is it North Sentinel Island? North Central, yes. Okay, I was making sure that I got it right. Uh, now, if you want to talk a little bit about that one, I know that's like um, a top-level one for you, if not the top level. That's the ultimate one. Yeah. So I would have done it right now. I've got ultimate plan for it. I can't reveal all the details, but sure. I've got a map that I put together. And most of my friends actually say, Ashley Mars, you know, I know you joke about it on Twitter, but it was actually well thought out. And I go, oh, thank you. And he goes, you still go dive. And I go, yeah, probably, but who cares? I'm Lord Mars. So the whole idea is North Central is the most dangerous island in the world, with the second being England. And on North Central Island, there's an uncontacted tribe that's hostile to all outsiders. Now, I want to go there and goof off, basically. They, back in the 17 or 1800s, when the English took over India, because it's Indian territory, uh, they went to North Central Island, they made contact, they took a few children from the island, gave them a bunch of gold as gifts and took them back, but it, they kind of got a disease, so they got very scared of the whole thing, and it wiped out like half the population, so that's why they're hostile to outsiders. Now, a few people have gone there in the 70s and 90s. One, the 90s, the Indian government went, and they brought a woman alongside them, and the woman showed hey, this is obviously not an invasion. This is a friendly thing. If you show a woman, apparently it's like a peaceful thing. So they took it all okay. They managed to go on the yard and take some photos. But they tried to go back a few days later and they weren't allowed. So the Indian government closed it off. Now, there was one unknown, one, non, sorry, there was one non-well-known non account, without my words, non, one well, not well-known account in the 70s where a man would go there on a kayak every few days and he would get a little bit closer each time and he would throw a coconut into the water which is a luxury over there it's very sweet it's very sugary for them they're not naturally found on the island they don't naturally grow there but they sometimes do wash up so the natives understand it and they like it a lot you know it's a crack basically so the guy would kind of give them coconuts and he would get closer and closer slowly earning their trust and eventually he managed to get on the island and he didn't make contact. He met them, he saw them, but he didn't go up to them. And they would chill with him, no arrows or anything. He wrote about it in the journal. But on his 
kayak ride home i think he died from a heart attack or something he was quite he was getting quite old so we never really get got to finish the whole north central island trip and a few retards had gone there in, in recent years not kind of giving into any of the customs or understanding how to make contact with them there was a way to do it i'll tell you the two ways my friend because one of them is really stupid i think you'll kind of like it one just basically get a custom-made suit of medieval armor go there like iron man and their bows and arrows cannot penetrate this armor and if they get too close just put some mace in their face <laughs> i will appreciate that one <laughs> it's like you know um and the other option is just kind of go there bring some coconuts dress like the locals bring a nice beautiful woman with you kind of give them some gifts some offerings kind of take it slowly like the guy on the uh, on the boat who kind of inched his way there every few days um and it could work out and you could just do that you can go there with drones and just mess with them a little bit you can create kind of a drone light effects and uh create like a picture of drones you could show them like family guy funny moments to get their reaction uh you can teach them the nine to five office grinds you can give them credit scores you can give them the covid True. vaccine i think that's that's my theory too that's why they're attacking outsiders. I think they're social distancing. You know, they want to keep outsiders away because the World Health Organization, you know, the UN haven't give them, given them the COVID vaccine yet. So I need I need the UN to sponsor this expedition uh, so we can get them vaccinated. Because otherwise they're not safe and they're not healthy, 100%. That's my plan, dude. Um, but genuinely, I, I, if I want to inch my way, slowly go there. Worst comes worse, if they just don't allow me on, I go for Iron Man and just mount a camera to my chest as well. Uh, goof off as much as I can. Trust me, these people aren't as brave as you think they are. Um, if they, if you just saw someone come onto your island and your only weapon does not work, and if you get too close, you get something burning in your eyes, you're not going to mess with this guy. You just go run away and observe. So I will go to the center of the island, film their stuff, find the gold the British actually left there, exchange one of my bows and arrows i'll bring with me something from amazon you know like a compound bow and trade it for one of their bows and then take like what a pound or maybe a ton of sand from the island and sell it in little little jars um on etsy like it's uh bella delphine's bath water and i can sell the bow and arrow for like millions and it'll be an excellent documentary um yeah, I want to go there and really goof off and be the only one who survives. Now, the best case scenario is why hopeful, of course. I go there, I I make peaceful contact. It's a bit uneasy, but I make somehow peaceful contact. I don't touch them, obviously, not to spread diseases. You know, there's ways to kind of work around it. It's not as spreadable or dangerous as people think. Um, and I record their language for the first time in human history. No one's done that. I go to the center of the island, which has never been done before by anyone. It's, you know, they've survived. I, you know, somehow set up some sort of understanding of communication. I, I, I kind of want to make some stuff work there. You know, I, I want to become a regular guy there and not get arrested by the Indian government. So I need to line some pockets or I need to obviously have a plan B where I run to Argentina and live in the woods off grid and, you know, until I'm, until the, um, until the global authorities don't find me. That's the plan. That sounds like a pretty admirable I'm... plan. Now, uh, let me ask you this. Um, 
So I asked about the media. There was something else I was going to ask. Oh, uh, what's the coolest thing you've gotten to do since you've been out? Of course, somebody mentioned uh, Tate. I, know I saw you that you went over there. That did look pretty fun, actually. Um, but what all like has it been like since? Um, you know, you've kind of been everywhere, um, blowing up. So what's that been like, too? Yeah, it's been really good. So Tucker Carlson invited me on his show. Uh, the issue is, I my American visa's yeah. becoming a little in my fourth so that's gonna be a little bit later i'll get it fixed it's just a bit more work it's fine um that was really cool going to romania was amazing too pretty much every time uh there's an event someone invites me there and say they'll fly you out for free which is amazing to me um so you know the media calls me stupid for the stuff i do but i'm i'm making good money and i get to go and travel around the world free which is really good like, uh, for example, I went to Portugal for a week just to go to some events, meet some people. And it was really fun. I do enjoy it. It's kind of weird that everyone knows you uh, when you walk in a room. It's very bizarre. Um, what's the other cool, cool stuff, too? Oh, yeah. Um, so I got to go into the VIP access lounge meant for, like, multimillionaires at one of the London airports because they didn't want the media taking photos of us upon our arrival. So the staff weren't told who we were so they thought we were kind of royalty or someone very rich because i was dressing very casually they were like wow he's so rich he can dress like a poor person <laughs> i'm kidding but um i was just goofing off free food i traveled around at this point too uh the other good thing is too i've got a date arranged too so there's this girl that i really like she's an american russian dual citizen she's dual citizen but she's got diplomatic status in both countries and she, she, she wants to meet up, and that's quite nice. And I made some more friends, too, in England, a lot of friends. And at the same time, um, it's led to some opportunities. Like, I met this one guy that I'm living with currently, um, and he has his idea to build a log cabin, uh, or buy a log cabin kit, at least, and build it in this island in, Nor in northern Scotland. And I'm thinking, you know what, economically, that's probably the best idea to do it. So I'm putting together like a 50% deposit just so the bank can't say, screw you, Miles. Um, I'm going to make it happen. Just small things like this. You know when you have a really autistic idea every 20 seconds and you just go, no, you can't do that. I just roll with it and do it. And it, it kind of works out most of the time. You disagree. It's like your luck... Uh... Your luck stat is like really high too. I mean, it's not all luck, but like, it's like it's gonna work out somehow if you're involved. Plus, you survived this, and everybody thought you were dead. Uh, and I mean, yeah, that just proves that your stat is completely maxed out on that. It's funny you brought up, uh, you know, the young lady there because uh, I was gonna ask you this question. I didn't know if I, was, I, I hadn't decided if I was actually gonna ask you or not. But what what has the response been like? I, I guess you weighed in on it a little bit there, but. Uh, from women uh, over your ordeal, does that just make the panties drop? Like, or they just really want to hit you up because of that? Has that, has that been like something like women sending you stuff? Like, what was it like in Afghanistan? Oh my God, you're such a hero! Or like, oh my God, yeah, stuff like that. So, ever since the fall of Kabul, occasionally get an OnlyFans girl message you saying, "Hey, I want to have sex with you straight up, Miles. I'll pay for the hotel in London. I'm not gonna film it or anything. You pick the place, and I turn up there." However, I just wanted to say people I've had sex with you. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not I'm not into horse, basically. I'm, I'm a good Catholic kid. I'm going to have sex. With, I'm not going to have sex before marriage. Hell yeah. And they're, they're just like, oh, OK. But then you've got a few people mess you now. And I've got, let's see. About nine people 
who have been very serious about uh, messaging and wanting to date me or just meet up with me at least. Like I got one girl message me on Instagram the other day just saying, hey, we should meet in coffee, uh, for coffee in London, blah, blah, blah. And then she messaged me again saying, hi, I was part of original 4chan threads. I'm really autistic. I like you, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking to myself, you know, people really chase the e-cloud stuff. I just don't get the whole thing. I only, I'm only interested in people who don't know who I am, if that makes sense. Or when we meet, they don't know who I am and they show interest. Because people don't want to date you for you. They just want to date you for what status you hold. And you probably have the same thing, Ralph, as well. Um, yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, you run, you run this social media thing while people know your name, you're famous. Well, I must, I must like you then. But if you if if I was an office guy or a banker or a doctor, would people like me then? Probably not. So it's like you know, wh- why should I care about them? Oh, what's this? Oh wait, hold on. I'll read that, but I and the, I want to echo what you said there. Though it's different. Like so, I've been with people who knew me from from this, uh, and it's kind of cool in one way. And they like know stuff about the show or like you know comedy I've done or interviews I've done or something like that. Uh, but it it's 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 different though, right? Like when somebody doesn't really know what you do, and they're like, "Oh, you do this talk show," or like, "That's what your job is," and I'm like, "Yeah." And then you know they want to know a little bit more about it, but they're not like of that world. You know what I mean? Like they're interested in it, like you said, but they're not like from it. Uh, and it, it's it seems it's like a different type of feeling, like a little more genuine than it could be, uh, right? So yeah, I know what you mean for sure. Uh, and then I'll read that super chat because. Uh, I think they wanted me to ask you that anyway, but Assmaster uh, says, "Lord Miles, what do you think of the, <laughs> what do you think of the Jews? I, I guess we'll say Zionists. What do you think of Hamas, Israel, uh, all that stuff? Or you could just weigh in on the Jews too if you want." But I, I'm of the Israelis. Um, this is my personal opinion of the whole. This is my this is my expert Lord Miles uh, international affairs uh, analysis of the whole Israeli-Palestine situation because i've traveled the world and i understand these people personally i think both sides are retarded and i think the british should take over palestine and israel once again and roman empire should be reestablished and take over it and it should be returned to uh was it um uh a syria what was it called again it was like a syria palestine or something honestly i just think both sides are just a little bit stupid and we should beast on them and reestablish a third option. You know what I mean? It's like it's like Democrat or Republican. It's like Moloch or which some other option. They both they both suck. Just uh just you know, find an alternative, I guess. Like I know it's never gonna happen, but you know, if I was a dictator of the world, it would make sense. Um and if I if I ran the World Economic Forum, I would actually do some cool stuff. I'd be like a cool dystopian guy. Uh, that says fuck Israel and fuck Palestine. That's what North uh, said there uh, in the super chat. You're on the ball there. That's what you think too. You you will cuss on that. Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. Sorry, my uh, my handler said I just went too far and I'm being dropped. <laughs> yeah. Oy vey. Yeah. It no just problem. Lost about five sponsorships there, but uh, you know, I, it's funny because. Um, you do see less uh, pro-Palestinian sentiment, um, or they'll be like, fuck them both, if you're in the UK, uh, because uh, maybe there's some, there's more of a Muslim issue, I guess you could say, or some problems with with Muslims in, in Europe, um, or 
It's a class, just a little bit of a culture clash there, uh, and between the it's Muslim a, communities and the Christian communities uh, in Europe. So they they're not as quick to run to the Palestinian defenses. Uh, I've noticed uh, if, if you're English. Yeah, man. Honestly, a lot of people are kind of split on the whole thing. You've got a bunch of uh, like uh, LGTV, whatever they call themselves nowadays. Um, people in universities are like oh my god we need a free palestine so impressive and i'm just saying like you would be beheaded if they realized who you are and um i trust me if like if a if a blue-haired woman uh wearing like you know they wear turned up in palestine it was like oh my god i so support you they're like why is this horde talking to us why, why is she talking about her husband you know i mean that's how that's how we would go and then the Israeli side would be like, oh, that's so cool. Give me all your tax money. Like, they both suck constantly. Both sides are terrible. I would just sit back and watch with a bit of popcorn, to be fair. I just don't care at this point. It's like a blip on the side of the earth. Um, like, what, why are the Americans caring about it? It's just, and it's not exactly their backyard. Um, it doesn't really matter. I mean, the average American, I know why the American government care. We all do, but the average person like i would just i would just get on their normal life it wouldn't affect them one bit if they just turned off the tv and didn't hear an update again you know yeah i mean it has no effect then you see i don't know how deep i want to go into foreign policy but taiwan's the other big thing they, they want to talk about or let's do war on iran because they're directing Hamas and Hezbollah. We should just go to war with them. That's another crazy talking point here. Or we should send, what? that's the other one. We should send military to Mexico or like strike teams to hit the cartels. That's another thing that I think is a bit uh, wild, actually, like basically an act of war. Um, they're really, they're really um, feeling it lately, the warmongers. Uh, do you think that it's gonna, there's going to be a big giant war coming up? I hope so. That'd be excellent business for me. But <laughs> at the end of the day, most people think war is like, you know, just sadness and people dying in horror, but where it really is just cool guys with guns goofing off, having fun. So at the end of the day, it depends. Like if there's a big war, it would be cool, but there people have been saying that for years now, man. There's not going to be a war on America. There's not going to be uh, a huge evasion that happens. I mean, it's just, it's going to be like, yeah, it's not going to be another 9-11, I don't think. It's going to be just a few boring wars going on here and there, popping off around the globe. Americans just tweeting about it or posting about it on Instagram with hashtags. It's going to be a bit boring, and I'm going to go there, and I'm going to get shot at a few times once again. I'm going to fake media passes. It's going to be the same old thing. Maybe I lose a finger or a leg. It's, you know, it's going to be fun. But um, at the end of the day, like it's not going to be... Any, there's not going to be a huge struggle in America where some countries invaded America and America's struggling for its freedom. Nah. Honestly, I just think the only good war that could happen is if America invades Canada and just takes over, takes it over because I think we've moved past the need for Canada at this point. You know what I mean? I'm sick of the Canadians, yeah. I do know what you mean. Like, ever since I watched South Park when I was five years old, I was like, why do their heads do that for Canadians, you know? Um, you know what I mean? Like, the, the, uh, the bobbing yeah, head yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's they like, actually do it, that, too. Yeah, it's true, by the way. If, you've, if you haven't seen that in real life, you have to watch it very carefully. You know, they do it very quickly uh, where you're not looking. It's like a perception thing, you know? It's like, it's like if you... Um, Canadian if tricks. You, yeah, if you hold their head down 
and try and force them to talk about doing that, their kind of wires in their brain get crossed and they turn feral. Um, you know, it's mad. But Canada has a ton of natural resources. Uh, they're cooked. It's a really cooked country. Very politically weak. Um, has a ton of land. And it's right, basically like half the population's on the US border. Why not just invade Canada? Like, I don't see the point uh, of not doing it. Like, it would also get you the, um, it would get you, uh, uh, what's it called? It would get you a straight route to Alaska. From there, you could probably take out over Greenland as well. It'll give you a better, um, it'll just, it'll just, it'll just make America huge. It'd be kind of based. I would also invade. If I if if after I did that in America, if I was dictator, then I'd work my way down all the way down to South America, and then just take over the whole of North America. Basically, that'd be my thing. All the way to South America. Yeah, I would leave Haiti. Haiti's just screwed. Oh well, just... yeah, I mean obviously. Dominican Republic's like okay, I guess, but just Haiti is screwed at that point, man. Like, have you seen the uh, what Haitians? Some Haitians eat. Have you seen that? Don't documentary? they eat like mud pies and shit? I'm like, oh, it's like uh, the documentary was passive aggressive as hell. It was great, man. It was like, oh, these Haitians, they uh, they have like a limited fish surrounding them because the water's actually under fish. But these people are eating mud and sometimes mixing it with uh, sugar and just baking it and then eating the mud. And then we wonder why the uh, the um, the education of the economy is so so underdeveloped. I'm like, you're eating mud, my dude. It's like, you know, the most impoverished communities of the world did not eat mud at any point in history. Cavemen did not eat mud. You know what I mean? There's, there's like, they're millions of years behind. Don't eat mud. It's ridiculous. Like, I'm not saying they have to, you know, start taking up credit scores and stuff, but you could build a boat, right? Like, just carve out a tree. Just, you know, you can... Get a you stick can... and put a fucking string on it and throw it out in the water. You know what I mean? Like, uh... Yeah, exactly. Like, I've been, I've been on tropical islands before alone for a few days. I've managed to catch fish by myself, you know, minimal tools. You know what I mean? It's like, why can't you go fishing? A fish would be easier than mud cakes. Plus, I could, uh, mud. I mean, that's about as low as it gets, really. Yeah. Well, I heard about the cannibals that happened whilst I was in custody. Wow. Like, uh, apparently know. some crazy from a lack of food and started killing and eating each other. I'm just there, like, sucks, man. I've got a theory about the whole Haitian earthquakes as well. Do you want to hear it? Sure. So Haiti claims they have earthquakes every few years and the UN sends them like a bajillion dollars in foreign aid, but you never see it. My personal theory is that Haiti just always looks like that because it sucks. You know what I mean? Like you see the massive structure on TV after an earthquake. I just think it looks like that in general. So I think after the Haitian government runs out of money, the president's like, oh, and then he walks outside, goes to the seismometer, starts shaking the seismometer. And then the UN gets like a flashing red alert on the screen. It goes, earthquake in Haiti. He calls up Mr. President. Mr. President's like, hello, how are you? Yes, yes, yes. We have big earthquake. Please send foreign aid. And then, and then suddenly you have a helicopter come in. A billion dollars gets deposited into his Monzo account or whatever. Uh, like, you know, his PayPal or whatever. And then obviously he spends like 1% on the people. And then like 99% on himself. And then it just it's a it's a repeating cycle, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I think I mean it's Haiti, so it's complete, you know, it's like bombed out garbage anyway. Like they can't tell the difference if there's been an earthquake or not, really, right? Like what are they gonna come check? See if it looks any worse? Like, like a 
the whole the whole history of Haiti is just one massive L as well. Like they kicked out the people who colonized the island, but the colonizers were actually treated them very well. And then they then some Polish people started helping other Haitians kick out the colonizers. And then they turned on the Polish people who then cut them off. And then their neighbors, I think it was the Dominican Republic, is their neighbors. I might be wrong. And then they turned, but their neighbors, they turned on their neighbors too. And then they basically never developed and just never did anything good with themselves. And then now they're just a crappy country who has, who have freedom, but obviously no freedom at the same time. And they just suck. And then they're just now reliant on foreign aid, like most of the other world, like most of Africa too. And it's like, it's such a burden having them in North America. It's like Cuba and Haiti. It's just Haiti is just there. It's just awkward, isn't it? They really are the worst. Like you look at the nation; it's not even close uh, in terms of like North American countries. The whole side of the hemisphere, Haiti's by far the worst place. Would you go to Haiti under any circumstances? I would go to Haiti, but at the same time, it's like there's not much there. It's just it's just. Poverty porn, isn't it? You just go there. It's like, oh wow, starving child on the street, dead dog, human sewage. All right, that's that's most of the country. Goodbye. It, it, I don't know. There has to be some sort of story there or some sort of adventure, but there's nothing to discover. There's no crazy historical landmarks. There's no anything good. And the only thing that puts me off too is there's a lot of gangs out there that will just. Yeah. And ransom them off, and you know how that goes. We've all seen uh, Save Captain Phillips or whatever. Um, so it's like, you know, I just don't see a potential there. I know they had, um, I think it was like a 2006 James Bond movie was based in Haiti at one point, but it was just, it just sucks, dude. It could be such a nice country too, but the reason it's not nice is because the Haitians. Yeah, they don't seem up to snuff, do they? Uh, in terms of no, running that- a country. They're not smart fellows. They're more like fart smellers, you know? <laughs> I think that is the problem. There's not enough smart yeah. fellows. Too many, too many uh, other ones. What, what, do you think, what do you think of the Mexicans, my dude? Are they like... I like the Mexicans. I love the Mexicans, actually. Yeah. Um, I, they're great. They're it. fantastic. Yeah, exactly. You need to keep a residency visa. Yeah, Mexico number one, great country. Most- yeah. What do you mean? I love Mexico. All the Mexicans are great. I've uh, never had any problems. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any problems here, by the way, seriously. But um, no, they're great. Uh, they did take a while to fix my truck, like three months, though. Um, but they did fix it. They gave it back. So that was good. And uh, no, Viva Mex- Mexico, man. They're great. Sounds good. Mexico superpower twenty twenty five. You know, yeah. um, America first, but Mexico second. That's what I. That's what I said. Uh, since I've been here, yeah, we have to. Actually, <laughs> favorite Mexican um, area. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've been to Mexico too. Um, I've been to the South of America. So, no, actually, Mexico is quite nice. Like, the food's good as well. The food's like, really you, good. Yeah. Yeah, like it's like when you get like people like Pakistan come to England. It's like. You don't even bring good food with you, you know what I mean? It's like, you cannot just get dried chicken and put spice on it and then call it food. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I, there's one. I like biryani, but um, yeah. really it's it, it's not as good as Mexican food. I mean, Mexican food's <laughs> just killing it. Um, so I, I, This one British guy tried to tell me, well, it was just like three or four dishes all just made like 
fifteen hundred different ways in Mexico. And I was like, Yeah, but those three or four dishes are like killer. What do you <laughs> um, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, well, those are some of the top things. So, um, okay. Now there was a super chat. Assmaster says your haircut reminds me of the greatest Englishman who ever lived in Stuart Donaldson. Also, Ralph, you didn't ask the second part of my question. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was a little descriptive there. Um, but, uh, do you know who that Englishman is that he mentioned? I don't. I times yes he's done some amazing things so he he went to pretty much all around the world just goofing off a little bit in his books i think that he read he wrote four books at one point um and his literature is very inspiring like i can't write like that to be honest i just write like it's a green text post but these people write with such emotion and drive it's almost um it's all it's almost poetic in some ways i need to live up for grades someday i'll be one of them i guess when my autism kind of tapers down but um oh thank you my dude i do appreciate it honestly my i saw my hairline going i used to have like really cute full e-boy hair you know i was in that cute phase and and women loved it and then i realized ah you know it's not it's not looking good so far screw it i'm just gonna shave it so now i'm kind of like going in for halloween as a uh, cancer patient or perhaps, uh, you know, a skinhead like that guy from American X. Now, yeah, I was going to ask you about the hair. Uh, it does make you look, I like it. Uh, it's like, it looks like you're on an adventure already, right? Like, what? when did you decide, did you cut it in custody or did you cut it when you got out? Yeah, so I cut it in custody. In custody, I was like, I was like, ah, geez, you know, my hair's getting quite long. It's really hard outside. I'm going to shave it either way. And the Taliban were like, oh, dude, no, you look so beautiful. And if we release you soon, they go, you know, the world's going to think we did that to you. I'm like, nah, dudes, I'll, I'll tell you guys about, I'll tell everyone about it. They're like, yeah, but you look great beforehand. Why'd you shave your head? And I was like, to save money on shampoo. And they burst out laughing, the Taliban did. It was like a meeting of six or so Taliban. And they were, they were laughing at that one. That was, that was a classic dad joke right there. I gave, I, I served to them. Um, but yeah, I cut it, and then I started growing it out again. I realized, ah, you know, it's just awkward. Like, I had to try and you know, hide this kind of M-shaped heart hairline that's coming through. I could get a hair transplants. I, yeah, I guess I would get a hair transplants. And then I was like, okay, well, that's going to take some time. Until then, I'll just shave it at that point. It just feels good shaved. It's it's no effort. You have to you know wake up. You know when you wake up in the morning, you got to shave, you gotta wash your hair, you got to style it, you got to add product. It's a screw that. You just wake up, you're ready instantly oh. and you always never have bad head never messy hair that's yeah it's a lot easier if you just have your head shaved um and you don't have to worry about it yeah because you just wake up and everything's fine like i've had my hair cut that short before uh and you know when it grows out a little bit you're you know you have no brush and oh this doesn't look right and blah, blah, blah. but when you shave it it's just there and ready especially if you're on the go like you i mean uh, world adventurer, uh, it does seem like it, it would be easier um, just to have it shaved off. So uh, that's interesting. And cooler too. Like if you're in a hot climate, like. Yeah, everyone takes you more seriously. And to be fair, because I lost a cute look at one point, I kind of looked like, you know, I was balding. I'm balding in 24. That's not a good sign. So when I shaved my head, I was getting more positive attention from women because I'm like, oh, that's a clean look, to be fair. Yeah. And. I think every woman has this conscious thing where they just want a, a guy who has like a shaved head. They want to feel the kind of bristle of it almost. And we see it's kind of like, um, 
I don't want to say it's bad boy thing, but they see it as like someone with a bit of edge, if that makes sense. I think they like that. So it's just nice to kind of, you know, feel attracted. Uh, so, you know, to kind of attract people like that. So it's nice to have. And to be fair, when it's, I, because I was sending money to myself whilst in Taliban custody, I I basically found there's a guy who does hair transplants in Afghanistan. And before before you jump and say that's a bad idea, these people were trained by the top American doctors to set up you know the first hair transplant industry in Afghanistan. So these people are highly qualified, but because they can't get out of the country, and of course there's no foreigners coming to Afghanistan anymore, they are extremely cheap. So you can get something that would cost what ten thousand dollars of the U.S. For five hundred dollars over there, and it's the same treatment with the same equipment. Now I was going to get that done within about a week of me deciding to, but then I got released. So, you know, it kind of changed the course of things. But it's an option. Definitely still on the table. Um, now I'm trying to think. Um, uh, I, I'm. Tr- I guess one more question about the just being over there, but um, I guess about people who like kept your interest at heart or whatever did you have some people um or any that you could talk about who yeah yeah so i had one solid dude he was he was with me in taliban custody for the first two weeks and he was uh, a friend who came with me so we got james and the other dude james helped me out from time to time but he obviously did he did mess with me a lot he did cause a lot of problems for me the other guy was just perfect throughout so i want to say thank you to him and we've remained close friends ever since. I saw him the other day, lovely guy. Uh, and he was also having a child now, so good man. Um, we're sending up a gold mine together. And what he would also do as well, whilst you know, obviously having a pregnant girl, girlfriend and having to work and go to university, he was just checking every single day, sending hundreds of emails a week, just trying to find out any information about how I am, what I'm doing and so on. And I was told through James that this guy had died whilst in custody, whilst I was in custody. So apparently he put off James halfway through the uh, through the trip back home because obviously James was saying some terrible stuff about me, saying, oh, Miles really risked it. He wastes that time. You know, he, he deserves what's coming to him. Like, that's the worst thing he can do. He's, he's meant to be my friend. Like, even if I, I, I was in custody because of James and he was saying it was my fault. It was ridiculous. So. My friend cut James off, realizing, you know, James has messed up a lot. And he stood by me right from the beginning. But James lied and said to me during the calls I had with James whilst in custody that that friend had actually died. So I was in Taliban custody for what, seven months at that point, just thinking my best friend had been dead. So when I got back home, I was incredibly relieved, which is very nice to see. Yeah, see, so yeah, and I knew that, there, man, um, it's just a crazy situation. I don't think anybody could really uh, understand, you know, being internationally missing like that. But well, people thought you're missing. You know, people think you're dead and you're back. Uh, what's the? I mean, you you always stayed positive about it, though, right? You, like you don't sound like you were ever worried about your life or anything like that. I was more worried about my credit score, dude, because <laughs> I, yeah, man, I was applying for a mortgage just before I got detained so you know the bank put through all the stuff and then suddenly i realized halfway through custody i was like oh i've got 20 dollars on my american express i haven't paid off so i i was like telling the taliban like hey i need to pay off a credit card but like 
okay how do you do that so oh, i need i need to do this and call up american express or like oh uh, why and i had to explain the concept of credit scores and they were like that sounds really stupid i was like yeah and like why do you accept that system it why don't you rebel and i was like i'm trying but it's kind of like you know you need to play the game almost to win a life and they're like yeah one struggle um so I was kind of more worried about what if I come home to my home re- being repossessed over $20 or stuff, stuff like that. I was freaking out about my credit score whilst in Taliban custody. But Taliban would chill to me. I was just like, I'd like, care about, you know, if suddenly, um, you know, I lose my laptop due to a, a repossession guy storming into my house. Turns out it was all sorted in the end, though. Apparently my close friend, um, yeah, the other guy, not James, he called up the credit card companies that got it sorted for me. So very kind of him. Um, so when I came out, every card company understood what was going on. And it was just a nice little heartily, uh, good hearted laugh we had over phone. And then they were like, oh, you know, no problem, no interest. Get debts forgiven. All good. That's good, though. Uh, and that's fucking crazy. That's how crazy these creditors are. But I'm glad that uh, yeah. they had some provisions for you since you were in Taliban custody, basically. Right? Like, yeah, there must be some kind of provision there for that. Yeah, it's like you call up these debt collection, uh, collection agencies. Like I had to call up once I owed, like, I think it was $40 on another card or something. And I was really nervous. And I said, hey, this could be a crazy story you go here all day. But I just came out of eight months of Taliban custody, Google my name on the card, blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, two minutes, sir. They would come back and go, yeah, no problem, my dude. You're, 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 that's a good excuse you've got. You've got extenuating circumstances. But um, you know, next time you go to Afghanistan, actually let us know just in case you do go dark because then we can put that on your file again. So um, that's cool. I guess, I guess American Express, MasterCard and uh, Visa have my back. Well, that's yeah, great. Top. That's the best things we've ever heard about them on this show, yeah. I think. The Rothschilds are really looking after me. The Rothschilds are in your corner. Holy yeah, man. shit. Oh, well, that makes one of us. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, well, uh, some of that's my own fault, though. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to, let's see. Uh, oh, World War Three. we asked about that. Uh, I don't know if, we, if we'll see it. Um, what do you think uh, about coming to America? You said that's still in the works, probably. Yeah. Just a little. So I, I was true for my U.S. visa application. So what happened was Tokuk's uh, people flew me out. So it was from Andrew Tate's place in Romania to Zurich in Switzerland and then Switzerland to uh, Maine. That was my route. So I arrived in switzerland and then suddenly five hours before the flight to the us my visa got revoked so i got an email saying your visa is no longer valid so i was stranded in switzerland like what the hell dudes um and then i i went to the us embassy did a visa interview and i they were like why did you go to this place i was like oh just goofing off business as you do okay but you spent eight months in taliban custody i'm like yeah and like why i'm like i was arrested what what were you arrested for uh nothing and you know, it just went through this whole thing. And they were like, I don't understand. This doesn't make any sense. I'm like, yeah, but look at my bank statement. It's doing very well somehow. And they're like, this is a whole new industry we haven't come across before. I'm like, yeah, you know, some people really doubted Google at first, but here here we are. And I think they just didn't know how to categorize me. They're like, he's not a journalist. He's kind of a YouTuber. He kind of writes books as well at the same time, a little bit of everything. So they were like, okay, well, we need to manually review this, but you know, no visa today, 
maybe in a few months we'll call you for another interview or something but we need to do our research and make sure you're not on a what terror watch list you're not going with bad intentions uh, make sure all this money is legitimate and i'm like fair enough i guess bit of a piss take worst comes worst i just i meet you in mexico my dude and we we jump the border together one struggle that's right yeah uh, i know a guy we could probably do that uh, <laughs> um, <How much? laughs> I'm, you can get almost anything down here i think if you if you the price oh. is right uh you know it's mexico so um of course only by the law of course i have to say uh but you know uh <laughs> um Good. But yeah, man, uh, I appreciate you coming on. I'm trying to think of another question, but I think I, I think I hit all the questions. If somebody wants to send in one real quick. Uh, give me a question, or is there anything I left out? Something you really wanted to share uh, from when you were there? But I think I, I'm, I've kind of covered everything that I wanted to cover in our interview, and it's been like 90 minutes or so. So I don't want to keep it all night. But what, what have I not asked you, or something that you really wanted to share from your experience there in Afghanistan, or just in general? I want to tell you about the American prisoner I had the okay. uh, pleasure of being with. So when I first meet this dude, I can't tell you his identifying details, but he went to Afghanistan. He was arrested around the same time as me. He went to Afghanistan, and this is a big black dude, to join ISIS. Yeah, so it turns out he was in the Iraqi war, and his brain got a bit screwed with, and he became radicalized. But at the same time, he's too stupid to know any details about Islam, even though he's been following uh, Islam for 10 years. And he believes he's the top terrorist in the world, where if he makes a Facebook post saying, we need the Burj Khalifa destroyed, he believes it actually happens. So I take out his Facebook post release, and it's like a whole schizo thing. I was laughing my ass off uh, afterwards. And I would go to him, whilst in Taliban custody and the Taliban will obviously supervise our conversations and I go how you doing man he's like yeah the chip in my brain at the end of my penis that Joe Biden put in <laughs> 10 years ago is starting to degrade so the, the satellite rays beaming into my head head at the end of my penis don't hurt so much but when Kim Kardashian argues with me late at night I tell her to fuck off Kim K because she's part of Illuminati and he keeps going on like this for 10 minutes and I'm thinking to myself wow so true it's the most sane man ever um, he also believes he is Michael Jackson's long lost son um, he's just a straight up schizophrenic really retarded uh, the Taliban go to him and go you know, what What do you do in America, uh, my dude? What, like, what's your job? You know, trying to figure out who, who he is because nothing about him makes any sense. And he goes, my job is American Mujahideen. And they go, no, my friend, there was no American Mujahideen. What are you on about? What are you doing? <laughs> so he's a bit insane. Um, he's also violent too. So when he got first got arrested, he sucker punched one of the Taliban uh, after they tried to get him to calm down. I walked up to him and I was like, hey man, how are you doing? You're, you're new here. What's going on? Do you have any details? I have no idea what's going on. And then he just goes, fuck you, fuck white people. What the fuck are you doing? I'm a terrorist. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to execute you. I'm, I'm, I'm ISIS. I'm Al-Qaeda. And then the Taliban, you know, tried to calm him down. He just punched one of them. And obviously he got put in isolation for that because that's not acceptable behavior. They were quite lenient with him, actually. Funnily enough. Yeah. He's honestly just crazy. In America. He's crazy. He's lost his head from war or something. And he's just trapped there. But some, he also wanted to marry a nine-year-old girl uh, based in Afghanistan to get citizenship through marriage. Uh, 
I was like, my dude, you do realize you cannot get citizenship through marriage as a foreigner. Oh, and I go, but you were just doing for marriage, right? Not to have sex with a child. And he goes, oh, you know, sweating, his eyes are darting, his eyes bulging. He's like, oh, no, I just want to get the passport. I'm like, okay. And I go, have you been arrested before, my friend? And he goes, yeah, in Thailand. I'm like, what, what are you doing in Thailand? He's like, not not having sex with children. He said that. And I was like, I was like, my dude. And he, he's I'm like, did you get arrested for trying to solicit sex with a child? He starts sweating again. He's like, oh. I'm thinking, I'm like, this fucking guy, excuse my language, but this fucking guy, he was such a meme. And he was just like, uh, he was really retarded too. He was, he, because obviously he was, a big problem prisoner. He he had his only entertainment was a few books and a Quran and obviously social interactions. So he was actually treated very well. But he's meant to be a radicalized Muslim. So the Taliban went to him and said, after this, like six or seven months, hey, hey man, why have you learned like so far? What's your favorite verse in the Quran? You know, you're meant to be following this for 10 years. Again, he's not sweating, his eyes are bulging. He's like, uh, uh, and they go. You don't know a single line of that holy book, do you? Even though you pretend to be Muslim. And he's like, oh, oh. He's like, I'm one of you. I'm American Mujahideen. He's like, no, dude. You don't know a single line from the book. And it's, and it's like, he he doesn't realize what he's doing is really stupid. So either he's the worst fed in human history, or he's just batshit crazy, schizophrenic retard. Stuck in Afghanistan. Yeah, legit. But honestly, he, he should be you'd be in prison like he's rightfully imprisoned by the Taliban because he tried to join ISIS my dude that's the weirdest thing and then he tried to change the story halfway through saying oh no I tried to join the Taliban and the Taliban like uh why where were you for the last like 10 years of the war and he was like uh I was fighting in Vietnam and then they go my dude the Vietnam war ended this time you're not old enough you weren't even born when Vietnam war was a thing and again he just didn't have an answer for it it was so bizarre. Like, I honestly think he could have his own TV show. It's like, if you follow a schizophrenic with too much money around to see what he does with it. I mean, that sounds like a, a great TV show, actually. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> I, I, just love, I just love it, man. Like, it was just so entertaining listening to him. Like, it was all crazy. But, man, if he was a fed, his acting was 10 out of 10. Like, straight up. Oh, you know what? That made me think. As in, you know, I was rap mostly, but if it's anybody offered you a movie or some type of TV deal, or if you, if you, I mean, you would think maybe our book deal. We talked about books earlier. Oh, I've got my second book that's yeah. coming out. I know you've done so yeah. final draft in about a week and a half, and then send it off to my publishers, Antelope Hill. They're amazing people. They published my first book. We're going to do a limited print that's going to be, you know, leather bound, have some gems inside. It's going to be very high quality, like a collectibles one. And then the other is going to be standard. And we go include shipments of Taliban headbands with the second book, like an optional add on for a little bit more money, which will be nice. Um, at the same time, too, we're also going to work on a documentary deal. So I've got a few camera crews that are just adhering me, saying, Miles, we can't ignore you anymore. You're kind of entertaining. So I guess we have to join you. And so we've got a few people DMing me uh, regarding uh, TV deals, TV shows, limited series, uh, documentaries on my next trips. So I'm just kind of seeing which one's best for myself. Some of them are just saying, you know, we need 
to organize insurance and you'll get a percentage of profits. I'm like, no, screw percentage of profits. I want I want money up front, you know, because obviously never you never really make never make your money if it's a percentage of profits. And um you know, I'm thinking of something else. We've got one documentary that's confirmed, but it's taking too long to organize it. It's all this paperwork and nonsense. Like I want to adventure now. So that's why I'm popping back to Afghanistan in two weeks. I would be back what day if I wanted. But it's just I've been wasting my time with emails and nonsense like that, putting together small details that I shouldn't have to do. And like I'm Lord Marvel and I just I act and you should film it. It's entertaining enough. <laughs> um but yeah, no movie deals, but all documentary deals. So the goal is one day a limited Netflix series. I can see it happening. I want to do kind of old old style vice documentaries. That would be amazing. Yeah, I saw Vice. Oh, you tweeted about that. Now I think about it. Vice uh had some layoffs uh yesterday and you said basically you had um taken their taken their place uh with the stuff you've been doing compared to their week shit. I look at Vice, I'm like, what do you actually do now? You don't go anywhere cool. You don't make documentaries, it's just sitting criminals in front of a camera and telling stories. Like there's a million YouTube videos like that. I mean, there's some weird liberal stuff, nothing to do with travel or adventure. I'm like, who's watching these people anymore? And honestly, I looked to the I looked at the Vice website and like meet our staff section. And it's all like liberal twenty something year old women. And I just knew it was over from that point. Like that's that's my that's my investment strategy. Like I used to work in investment banking. And I would honestly invest in companies that were all like tech companies especially, that were all nerdy men on the team. Like I would never invest in companies that just had like half female staff that were twenty year olds, and I was always right too. By the way, like um, the the only strategy that does work is investing in Stacy, which is basically investing in like uh, apps and uh, services that white women obsess over because they spend so much money. Like, for example, if you invest in uh, Amazon, Etsy, Snapchat, uh, a few others too, you can make some real cash off that. But um. Yeah, I, I, yeah, screw Vice, man. They've they screwed up a little bit. Honestly, if I was a Vice CEO, I would hire myself because I would be, you know, it's like you see these travel YouTubers, and if you're a Vice and you've got, you know, hundreds of millions left, which they do, I've seen their balance sheets from um, leaked sources. You could just honestly go, hey, we want to hire some travel YouTubers to make cool documentaries, and they got the personalities for it. Yeah, why not? Like it would be, it would be a bit of a risk, but it's way better than what they're doing right now. You know what yeah, I mean? I don't see why they don't do something like that. I mean, yeah, be perfect. Like here, here's the crew. Uh, Lord Miles, go, go wherever you want to go, basically, right? Like, I mean, you know, oh, if if I had a blank check, I could really screw things up. It would be so much fun. Man. <laughs> um, I've got a few ways to piss off the Canadian military so much, and. Yeah, I've caused two international diplomatic incidents over the last two years. I'm going for a third at one point. That's the mentality, I have to say. And then if you had money, like if you had, you don't listen, you're on I me, mean, you've had some support, but like, I mean, like real institutional, you know, real money to throw, big money to throw around. No, tell them I've what you do. Yeah, I've got a hedge fund investments currently, but it's more like, you know, I want like, screw you money why do i have to worry about if that makes sense like if i saw a war popping off i don't have to write a proposal to draw out more money i just i just fly there and then you know have like a whole camera crew following me and just goofing off basically that's my end goal i just want something solid you know i want i want to get to the point where i can buy a single engine plane 
and then learn how to fly it and then park it on the north uh, north northernmost point of the philippines and then when taiwan kind of hits off i fly into the northern part of the philippines and then quickly fly that plane into taiwan and then if i have to jump out of a plane mid-flying then parachute into the city that would be an awesome interest i have to say now tell people how they can support you and find you and everything most of them probably already know at least how to find you but how could they support uh what you're doing yep. and stuff like that thanks dude so if you go on x right now just search lord miles it's spelled m-i-l-e-s like you know miles per hour just search it up on instagram as well i'm checkmarked there iphony youtube basically i'm just getting started guys this adventure is only just the beginning i am really gonna shake stuff up i want to be the old vice news i want to do the goofiest stuff so just search lord miles online and if you want to support me month to month i've got a patreon alternative called ko-fi you'll see it's on my uh on my twitter account on my instagram account only a few pounds a month we've got some exclusives like we've got discord access i send people postcards from every country i go to on certain tiers it's good stuff like we get on i'm gonna really cause a lot of international diplomatic incidents so i think it's going to be fun for the rides to go along with because i follow um i follow a lot of travel youtubers and to be fair they just suck they get like 30 likes per post or something like that they don't go anywhere extreme like for example uh border bankrupt he goes to some areas of russia like please i go to every single war zone that ever existed um so i'm a bit tired i go i go to basically every war zone i go anywhere in the world that is dangerous i will go there eventually it's happening i just want you guys to be along for the journey to feed my ego tactical personality so that's that's a great pitch right there miles uh go follow me uh twitter instagram uh facebook iphone youtube lord miles thank you so much lord miles rutledge made his return tonight on the kill stream please come back sir uh i really appreciate you man just a really nice guy i'm so happy that you were okay uh and things seem to be better than ever uh actually for you not seem to be they are uh and i appreciate you taking so much time being generous with your time here tonight uh and you know we we talk a lot as well we're good guys I like you a lot, man. I like the work you do as well. So it's really good to be back on again because I did miss it, to be fair. And I thought about you in Taliban custody from time to time. No hope. But <laughs> well, that makes me smile because I thought about you a lot. Uh, and I had a crazy year. Oh. And uh, I see this coming. I'll ask you this real quick. But I, I had a crazy oh. year and there were some times and I was like, damn, man, that sucks. Like, there was a lot of other shit going on in my life. And I was like, man, they fucking, Lord Miles is dead. Like, what the fuck? You would come up and I just thought about it. I was like, man, this is fucked. Like, I was like actually mad about it. Uh, and so then I put out that tweet and uh, I shouldn't have put that out. Uh, Runner Mucker says, hope to see you on the kill stream again soon. He said that then. Why well, do too? Uh, and I want you to stay safe, obviously. Uh, and good luck with everything you do. Uh, and just inc another incredible story. Like, you've been on this show. Uh, several times like four I don't know four times maybe something like that uh, and every time you come you've got a wild story and, and you're like well he can't top this uh, and now you've come back and yep. you're like eight months detained in Afghanistan presumed dead so yeah I think he did top it yeah man it's like you know when Pete's you know that skit where Peter Griffin goes into Detroit and says the n-word and he comes back for crap and says like king of the uh, king of the uh, you know the n-word yeah. and he says me same thing in afghanistan when i came back and i'm like i made friends it's the same skit dude i watched too many family guy funny moments whilst in taliban custody um but honestly i'm coming back for a fifth time 
I am just going to um, keep on doing some crazy stuff. And I think I'm going to pop the story next time, my dude. Um, and it's good to be back on. I love being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, Lord Miles Rutledge. Uh, talk to you soon, man. Be safe. That was awesome. Did this come in? Oh, Jacuzzi just sent in four. Okay, there wasn't a question there. <laughs> Great guy. Can I get a round of applause for Lord Miles Rutledge? Also, I'll turn on the sound again for the uh, Super Chats. My apologies. Holy shit. Now, that was a lot of fun. Oh, Lord Miles, stay alive. Okay, I didn't, I didn't say that, but... Yeah, that's basically what I was saying there uh, at the end. Lord Miles, stay alive. Yeah, that's pretty good. What is it at? 30% of the way there. I wasn't really shilling the goal and stuff like that during the during the interview. I just really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, and that was a pretty nice length on the interview, too. Uh, we're still going to talk to Delicious Tacos for about 45 to 60 minutes here coming up. And I don't. We're just gonna, we're just gonna roll with it like I did with Lord Miles. Uh, so, no, no struggle. I mean, I have some ideas. I've done a few of these interviews, like a thousand or so. I don't know, quite a few. So I think I'll be all right. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Powerchat.live slash the Ralph Retort. Killstream.live slash tip. Dollar sign Sunset Squad on Cash App. Rumble Rants. Can we hit the goal on a big day on the Killstream? Get up! Runamucker sent $5 on Rumble. Get up! Get up! Get up out of your fucking chair! I've been sitting down for two hours talking to Lord Miles. It's time to get up. Ah! Ah! Stretch out! Stretch out like that! Ah! Yeah! It's Friday fucking night! On the fucking kill stream, Lord Miles just returned. Put us over huge at the end. What an amazing guy. I was legitimately bummed when I thought he was dead. And, you know, a lot of these fucks, I wouldn't care. Uh, but I actually was legitimately sad. Uh, it was great to have him back on tonight. And just a great guest just beyond him being a cool guy. So it was awesome to talk to him again. Uh, and you should go back and uh, I think some of them are, are up where you can watch him. And if not, I might have to go back and get him myself. But he's been on the kill stream uh, several times. Every time he's on here, it's straight fire. And, and I, I wasn't thinking about it till the end, but it's like, yeah, every time I talk to him, I'm thinking, ah, wow. <laughs> One day he'll have just like a regular low-key appearance, right? Be, hey, Lord Miles, what's going on? He's had one of those too, but like the other three have all been like some crazy international fucking incident that he's in, like he said. Well, two of them at least.